kid. Hi, everybody. It is Brian Eisenberg, and I am here with my good friend, Kirk Cabana, the host of Pursuit for Purpose podcast. Of course, uh, we can talk about his great Monday messages that he puts out there, Monday motivation. We'll talk about that hopefully a little bit. And he's also recruiting coordinator and assistant coach now at Carolina uh, University. And they just came off a 30 wins and a 20 game winning streak. And we'll, we're, we're going to touch a little bit on that. That was pretty exciting. They're also putting up some incredible stats. And I think I, I, I looked at it earlier. You guys were number one in batting average, number one in home runs, number ones in RBIs, on base percentage, slugging, on, 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 on. So you guys are doing some incredible things. But before all that, here is the most important question I have for you, okay? Because your story is fascinating. We're going to dive into how you went back to school to play baseball at 30, okay? So you, you're a relatively new coach who's just played just a few years ago. So it's like, this is going to be interesting. But here's my question for you. If we fast forward 10 years and they're going to make a movie about your story, Two questions. What's the genre and who's playing you? Ooh, what's the genre and who's playing me? It's going to be a dramedy. Okay. Okay. And, and who's the most famous bald guy that I can think of that <laughs> would play me or who could we put a bald cap on? Now, um, gosh, who would be playing me? That is a great question. I'm trying to even think honestly of who I would characterize myself as the, the most closely in the celebrity realm of things. And something wants to tell me a, a, a bald cap Matthew McConaughey or something like that, or, uh, or a, or even a, a Jim Carrey trying to take on a sports uh, realm of some things. Cause I'm an eccentric character. I'm a high energy and uh, big facial expressions, big, big, movement mannerisms my actions and mannerisms and everything like that i i see both of those guys as being one on more the drama side and one definitely more on the uh, comedy side to so put them together you get the dramedy that i'm i'm seeking but i bet you in the midst of our conversation i'm randomly going to jump out and say uh, some name of somebody that popped into my head from a celebrity standpoint but that's a fun unique question and something I can't say hasn't been asked of me in, in that sense of, oh, they're going to make a movie about your story. And it's like, oh, you're the rookie or these different things that go on. It's, I've never had pro aspirations. But the reality is I hope that if somehow somebody thinks that's worthwhile, that means that my unique journey touched enough people to think that it could help an, uh, enough other people to make something worthwhile and paint a good positive story of overcoming adversity and challenges that we face in our youth. A hundred percent. And that's why I was going to ask you, and we can go right into your story of how you became baseball player at 30. I know you played football as well, but why a drama? Like what, like what parts of the story do you feel are, are that, that big drama happening? The drama just probably comes more from making significant changes. And then in the midst of those changes, you have to overcome challenges that you're faced with because at each step of the way, you're faced with different aspects of, all right, you're at this bridge. Are you going to finally walk over it 
or are you going to stay on the other side and stay safe and comfortable because you don't know what's on that other side? And, uh, and that drama comes from that sense of the conversations that you have to have within your relationships, the conversations that you have to have with your parental units, the conversations that you have to have with your employers and the conversations that you have to have with yourself, because that's where a lot of this has been. It's been a five-year conversation with myself. And it doesn't matter where I'm at now, that voice still tries to hold you back because I have 30 years of preconditioning of what I used to act and how I used to perform. And it's fun rewriting the brain work. And it's fun trying to shift that focus into being what I always knew I was capable of being, but I was never willing to take that extra step and compete with myself. I, I was always good enough to get by, but I didn't give everything I had. And it's been fun challenging myself in, in this timeline now, because I say it and I say it proudly, weirdly enough, I can only do that now because I've overcome some stuff. But if I would have put an ounce of the work that I put in at 30 years old, when I was 18 years old, I'd have gone to whatever school I wanted in the country. But at, at this age, you're limited on your opportunities when you decide to go back to school. And I was more than happy with where I got, but I, I know I left a lot on the table at these kids' ages that I'm trying to positively impact now. And, and that's just the whole goal is, is help them see it earlier and then be a positive light in their corner when they inevitably make some of the same mistakes that I made it on their age in that path. Yeah. It, it reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you've ever looked into Jeff uh, Bezos, uh, regret, um, uh, uh, minimization framework. No, that's interesting. Okay. I'm going to leave you that as homework. I'm not even going to go into it, but I'm going to leave you that as homework. Obviously you know, I spent a lot of time studying Jeff Bezos and my last book before was, was be like Amazon. So it, it, I, I think you're going to find a lot of interest in there. What is probably the single biggest lesson through all of this dramedy that you, that you've been through by going back as a baseball player at 30, you know, having some struggles, getting onto the team and getting the playing time that you bring with you and you hope that you can like touch when you're in the recruiting process with a family. That the same wind blows on us all. And that's Jim Rohn. And, and ultimately that, that as much as I've faced some challenges, these challenges are not unique to me. And I think a lot of times on our paths, especially in an adolescent mind, we believe that our problems are very unique to our own selves. And how are we ever going to overcome this thing? And the lesson that I'm really holding on to is, is I followed a lot of people that did things that are way beyond what I ever did. And as fun as this experience has been, it's minuscule in the life perspective of what some people have really gone through and overcame. Even though I've had these challenges, they've all been self-inflicted wounds. There's a lot of people that have wounds of life that they didn't wish upon themselves that they still have to work to overcome. And, uh, and I'm just trying to help these young men not create self-inflicted wounds because we have enough adversity in life that we can't control that we can work past 
our own wounds that we inflict and still come out the other side better. And, uh, and sports in general is this just unique, beautiful opportunity to learn life lessons through games. And if we prepare ourselves in the correct manner, when we finish with sports, we're much more prepared for real life and tackling the opportunities that are ahead of us and leaving and developing the bigger picture of a legacy of what we can grow into as people. Now, I know as I've listened to some of your story, you struggled when you were younger academically. That, that was definitely one of the challenges. And I'm sure there, there are a lot of parents who, who might listen to this or know somebody who, who you know, has a student athlete who, who has struggled academically and definitely that could hold them back. How do they overcome that? How do they help themselves get to the next level? Could it still be a parent's encouraging through the game? Is it finding, uh, you know, the right coach, the right program that's going to help guide them to, to maybe get back on track? What, what would you suggest? That, that's a great question. And especially because I knew that when going back at 30 years old, it was the first time that I was ready to be a student. I, I, I'd wanted, I wanted to go back at 24, 25, but I was honest with myself enough to know, I don't know if I'm ready to go back to classes though. I don't know if I'm ready for that aspect. And it was never for a lack of intelligence. It was just always for a lack of intention and effort. And when you get to college, it's on you. You got to go to class. You got to be the one to show up. They're not calling home anymore and saying, hey, little Johnny missed uh, class today. You need to make sure to have him show up or you're not getting the same chances at the end of the semester to turn in six months worth of work that you didn't do the entire semester so that you could continue to move on and grow in from grade to grade. But it, it's, it starts with an awareness that you're ready to be a student. But I think the part that I missed the most was I was always only identified as an athlete and I didn't identify enough as a student athlete. And that's where the change happened because now struggling to be eligible, losing eligibility, even through the college experience, even through high school, different stuff of that nature. I'm a, you know, bordering, bordering on a 4.0 student now going back and, and it's just about giving that same effort to getting better at school that I do and did to get better at the game of baseball. And so we have to take those correlations of the areas that we're giving ourselves to and realize that it will have a direct effect on the other things that you care about because how we do one thing is how we do everything. And if we're willing to cut our corners and our academics, what corners are we willing to cut? in our athletics. And that, that sh showed through very well to me as a, even a college athlete, I was good enough to start and I was better than the guys on my own team, but I wasn't competing against the guys that weren't on the same field with me that wanted the next thing that I wanted that next scholarship. What were they doing that I wasn't doing? And I was doing just enough to get by and, and not serving myself to my best capability. And uh, I've learned that lesson. And I, I loved, I've loved the process now of becoming a student because I'm, I'm telling you, Brian, for whatever reason, and I, I can't say or promise that this is going to be the same thing for everybody else, but I'm learning everything I'm supposed to learn right at the right time. It feels like every class that I'm in is just 
perfect information to help me in an area of my life to, to be able to help others. And I'm talking just as back through my, my undergraduate work, just taking business classes. It was helping mm -hmm. the, the job that I had and now taking positive psychology courses. It's helping everything that uh, moving towards what I am. And I've just embraced the education aspect of life now. And it's helped really form me into what I consider myself as being a student of life. Yeah, I, I think that it's such a, a critical quality for, on two ends. Number one, I've had these discussions on Twitter multiple times with guys like Joel Ferraro and others. The purpose of school should be to teach students to learn and to want to learn, not to force memorization, not to force compliance, so to speak, but really how do we foster that passion, that same passion that they have for the sport, how can we foster it into other areas? And even with Sammy, when he was young, again, he was a baseball player. He never thought of himself as a student. So how could we find opportunities to bring that in? So we started doing science fair projects once we started getting some of the data tools. So one of his first projects he did with a, a, a ZEP blast adapter. And he used that for two, two science fairs in a row and, and got second place one year, first place the next year. And it started developing a passion for learning about how these things work. What, how do I learn how to learn what, what you can get out of this? And I think the other part that you said that was so critical here is the self-talk, right? It's the labels. And it's the labels we even use in our own home. So there's a big difference between calling, hey, that's Sammy, my baseball player, to Sammy, who's my student athlete. And I think as parents, if we start using that language around the house, it's going to help set the framework for our children, that, that it's, it's a student first, athlete second. And, and that student part is so critical. So where in your recruiting journeys, where do you find so many kids who fall through the cracks because they didn't take that student part importantly. You find them uh, everywhere. And it, it, it's, it is very interesting that these young men and young women, because I'm sure it's correlating between all sports, uh, re regardless of your gender, but how, how many choose the wrong place for their first go? Uh, I, it's so surprising how many kids are at their third school in three years. They're their fourth school in, in, in four years. And at a certain point, you got to look at the common denominator. You know, it, is it the schools or was it you? And you then just happen to finally find yourself in an environment that's going to foster your growth because they got how you learn a little bit more or what made you tick or whether or not you finally came to your own realization that it was time for you to do a little bit more. And I think where I'm able to find these different kids, and again, my group of, of guys here at Carolina, we're built upon a lot of guys with chips on their shoulders. A lot of guys that are some of our most talented players, they're, they've been to a, more than a few different schools for themselves, but for whatever reason, it's worked here because the, the process of going through that change and transition has maybe they've connected with myself a little bit more knowing that I've got a different background and I've failed and still got out on the other end the same way that they did. And maybe they understand a little bit more that, Hey, 
you might not get as lucky as I did as a 30 year old guy going back to college with a wife that lets you even make that kind of crazy decision. Don't put yourself in that situation. And some of my favorite players to talk to, not get to my school, not have them use their abilities to help us win ball games, but just talk to and enjoy and encourage them through the recruitment process are these 21 and 22 year old freshmen. Kids that maybe have never even played, but something happened between 18, 19, 20, 21, where life didn't treat them the way that they thought it was going to be, but something still lived within them that told them, I need to play sports still. I'm still young enough to do it. And, and I love being that encourager to tell them that you're absolutely right. It's not too late to go ahead and use baseball as a means to get your education and get ahead in life. And that's, that's why I continuously try to just make sure to say, that sports is a vehicle to help us get to where we're trying to go. And yes, we all as competitors want to believe that our competition and and intentional aspect of getting as good as we can at something is going to reach the heights of the professional levels to get there. And for the select few that those God-given abilities are given to and match up with your work ethic, you'll be the ones that get lucky enough to go down that road. But if not, you still have to give that same effort towards life to get to the top of wherever you're seeking to go. Because if you go through your college experience, not giving yourself and not having any intentional plan to where you want to go, you're still going to be left wondering what you're supposed to do with your life after you finish your experience. So let's touch on this. I think probably one of the most important topics to me, because I speak to a lot of parents who are, either going through the recruiting journey right now, or I know some people have gone last year and I've talked to the parents and and hearing some of the stories. And obviously we all know, and we've heard about the recruiting portal, there's so many, you know, more people going in there and it's crazy. How do parents forget about the, the top, you know, quality guys who, you know, pro potential right away out of school, out of high school, and they decide to go to school and whatever reasons they're really an elite group they're the the one percent of the one percent but everybody else who's out there and is trying to find a a, a right fit and i think it's something we we talk about in a book that you know coulter did a great job at trying to help kids you know understand how to find a fit but from your experience as recruiting coordinator and now being in a program obviously has, has done some amazing things this season you obviously your team has seen some tremendous growth and development. How do parents find the signs? What do they look for? What questions should they be asking about the program, about the coaches, about the players that help them find that, that perfect fit that's going to help them develop into the person that they need to become? I think that we got to make sure that the parents, and I know this sounds a little bit weird. I think the parents got to be a little bit more involved. It's the kid's decision to make. The kids should also be making decisions based upon the parental units that the values that they raised them with. And they would, in in the best sinkability in terms of moving on to that next level is going to put them in an environment that fosters the growth that they've already been trying to produce through the 18 years that they had them before they leave the next. And, uh, so I think just even the kids making sure to ask questions, 
of what are the core values of a program and what are they going to do for you as a person more than they're going to do for you as an athlete. Because I, I believe that if they take care of you as a person, then the best of your athletic ability has no choice but to come along because we're, you, you're not going to train in every aspect of life and then ignore why you're there in terms of playing your athletic sport. But if we're taking care of our academics, if we're taking care of our nutrition, if we're taking care of our, our fitness, if we're taking care of our you know, spiritual life, if it's a Christian university, if, if, if you're taking care of building a family unit, if you're taking care of the values and principles of what builds character-based individuals, then your sport is going to come along. And so I truly do believe this, and I mean it when I say it. You can play college baseball if you want to play college baseball. And I'm saying that as a person that went back and played college baseball at 30 years old. I had no business doing it, but I still had the opportunity to do it because I relentlessly worked and sought after the place that was going to be the right fit for me. And the right fit for me at that time in my life was finding a place where I could be a part of building a culture, direction, and foundation of a university together with the other players and the coaching staff. Some people might want to move more into an established unit that they don't have to be as worried about going through some growing pains. But those things didn't scare me from a personal perspective. And that's why I say any player can play. They just have to be willing to know that they're going to go to a place that allows them the opportunity to foster their growth. And now, does that mean that you come in on a 10% scholarship and you just got your chance? If you're that athlete and that's all you're looking for is a chance, then you have to take your chance. We have to be honest with ourselves and our own evaluation of our own talent of where we're currently at. That doesn't mean about where we can be at the end of the road, but we have to be honest about where our current status is and go to a place that will allow us to freely work towards that opportunity where we build with the group and don't bring it down in the process of believe, you know, believing that we're capable of becoming this person, but not there yet. And still chip away at the, the knees of the other players that have the opportunities. Now go somewhere where you can grow with different kids and see the abilities and the work that they're putting in and try to finally be in that environment where you match that ability and match that work ethic. And you can be a sponge to the different players that are around that kind of program. So I think that parents really just, parents and players got to get on the same page in terms of what they're seeking in their college experience. And that's more important than finding out what major you want to be. What experience do you want? It's, it's interesting you say it, like the core values of the program as business consultant and customer experience consultant, we'll, we'll often find you know, companies have their mission statements. They may even have their list of core values and stuff like that. But what I always tell and, and ask the owners of these companies is, is very clearly, I'm going to ask you the same question. Okay. Knowing the core values of your university, what is the evidence of those core values? that a parent or athlete would see from the outside? The evidence would be the growth of the people within that organization. And I say that from a standpoint of, we're not gonna flash you with 
technology. We're not going to flash you with amazing facilities. We're not going to flash you with everything of what is trying to be a selling point to people in terms of, in, in terms of, Hey, look at this and don't look at that. All that we care about is the people that are in the ship. And if you put a group of people together, all we need is a patch of dirt and green grass and we can do the rest together because this game has been played a long time without technology, without all of these different advancements. And although they are great, they are only tools. They are not a replacement for the hard work and effort that needs to be put in to develop as a person and as a player. So it, 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 our core values are evident by the growth of the program it, itself and, and now justified by, by just being able to say, look what's happening without this. Now, as we introduce these other things and move along, because we're not afraid of technology, we're not afraid of getting better and advancing as our program goes, but that's the, what comes with being a fifth year program. We're building every year in terms of the, you know, the facilities, the technology, the analytics of what we're going after just as much as we're growing the program. So the, the kids, it's easy from here on out for the next level of kids to come in and look at everything and go, oh, okay, it looks like it's moving in the right direction. The kids that really need the, the kudos and the kids that need the ultimate pat on the back are the ones here in these past couple of years that came here wanting to be a part of the vision because there, there wasn't anything to be able to tell them that this was for certain going to happen. It was just it was much less evidence for sure. It was much less evidence based and it was a lot more, here's the vision. Can you see it with us? And we're going to build it around these different aspects of fundamentals and growth as people and challenging your mental fortitude, challenging your commitment, challenging your accountability to your adversity, your disciplines, your resilience, challenging everything of, of what you know you've already be challenged through. And I think that's what made it easier on some of these young men to, to make a commitment to something because they'd been somewhere that maybe had these other things, but didn't necessarily mean that it translated to success on the field or comfortability in their environment. But you put enough of these different kids together that, that know that they're working towards building something that is for the next generation It's for the next group that, that you get to be a part of why 10 years from now, we all get to look back and say, we went first, you have this and boy, you would be lucky. You don't know what, what, what we went through to make sure to get you to have this, this comfortability that you have now. And I really do enjoy and am thankful and grateful that it's paid off that, mm -hmm. that these results have come to fruition, but even if they didn't, I've still seen the growth of the kids as people. I've still seen the commitment and effort that they've put to things, but it does give them their own personal validation that they now get to have these different records that are going to be very hard to break because Brian, we lose in baseball. It's just something that happens. I don't know how long, but I, I have a dang good feeling that a 20 game win streak is going to last a long time in the record books for, for this program. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's impressive. So you have a favorite quote that you've put out there 
that says you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Obviously, Zig Ziglar said that. How would you advise a student athlete to apply that quote in their recruiting process and in their journey, baseball journey? That's awesome. That's awesome to hear that quote said back to me and not be the one that's, that's saying it because it, it just brings a smile to my face because I think that's a servant leadership in terms of defined, but just wanting to be able to help others reach what they're doing. But we also forget in that process that we're still going to become everything that, that we want in that process at the same time. So uh, I think in the recruiting process, that's used to be able to help these young men understand that it's a team and, and you're going to be able to become what you believe you are as an athlete. If you give everything you can to your program in all facets of what is asked, because you're going to be potentially without even your knowledge, a positive resource in the corner of a teammate, a, a coach administrator, faculty, anybody that you come in contact with, it, they might be having a down day, but you lifted them up in a way that makes them feel like, Hey, I, I want to be more like Brian. I want to be more, more like that. Hey, I, I was having a bad day, but that person was able to continue having a consistent positive outlook on where they're going. And it, it, you're allowed to have bad days. It's, it's not that we're not, but we can't dwell for too long in, uh, in our own misery. We got to turn the page and, and move towards better things for ourselves. So I think when we talk about, you can have everything you want in life. If you just help enough other people get what they want. I really think that it just comes from helping each other move towards our goals. And that's putting our goals out there. That's putting, that's why. I've learned some great things like from people like Patrick Murphy from Alabama softball, where they talk about these different the boards that they'll create preseason that talk about what are you going to do as an individual that has nothing to do with the game, but as a person, what are you going to bring in these toughest moments that help move the group forward towards, towards what the ultimate goal is and all of our ultimate goals are to win a championship in our respective sport. But you know what? One team wins at the end of the year. But that doesn't mean that even though through all the divisions, I'm not right on the number that there might be 10 champions, that does not mean that there's 2,000 losers out there of teams. There's a lot of teams that win every single year that don't win the last game of the year. And so we can't measure ourselves just as much as we, we only identify as athletes. We can't measure success as only being defined by winning a championship. I love that. We spoke earlier about measures and milestones, so to speak. And this episode is timely for both of us. It's a big one. What you've been doing with uh, Pursuit for Purpose, you've just finished your you know 25th episode and the audience is growing week by week, the, the guests are, have been getting better and better. You're, it's been a privilege watching your growth as a host over the last number of, of weeks. I mean, I'm, I remember you back from week one to, to now. So it's, it's, this episode, you know, this podcast, when it first started, it was my son, Sammy, who started on, 
the uh, recommendation of Lance Wheeler when he was 13 years old. And this feed will now have 30, over 30,000 listens with them listening to your incredible story. What is it about all these incredible milestones and more importantly, the pursuit of these milestones that help us have the success that we want out of life? Great, great question. And it's, I think it's one of the fundamental aspects of what helps us define success and what helps us work towards it without losing our passion of what we're trying to do. Now, my favorite definition of success comes from Earl Nightingale, who defines success as the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. So ultimately, anybody that is intentionally working towards what they want to become is a success in that process. It doesn't mean you're a success once you get to the end of the road of the goal that you met. Your success just because you're pursuing something that you truly believe in because you set out a goal and you're moving towards that direction. And now when we talk about why these goals and these milestones in the process of reaching that success is so important is because it's who we become in the process of obtaining that ultimate level of success. That's the true reward. So we notch off these different marks along the process and it, that much more you get to reflect upon where you've been through that process and through that journey. And I'm thankful and grateful for you to share any aspect of one being a part of the journey and, and being a part of seeing the community that's growing within pursuit for purpose and seeing my own personal growth through that process. And it's flabbergasting to myself that it's 25 and it's. I can't even tell myself whether or not it feels like more or less, but it just feels awesome that I've stayed the course and stayed with it because it's scary. It's scary to do things that are unknown and uncharted and uncomfortable and uncomfortable. It is scary. And every week you have to get over whatever new fear decides to creep in and move forward. And it gets easier and easier as you get more comfortable and comfortable. But I think that fear comes in because you want to get better and better. You want to deliver a better product to, to people for making that consistent commitment to what you're doing. And uh, I don't think that it, it, it comes on accident. I don't think that just doing it 25 weeks in a row would mean as much if I wasn't doing the other growth-based activities that are also in that process of that other six days of the week that, that are happening. I think that the education that I'm taking in has a big aspect of doing things. I, I think that the people that I've been able to connect with are a big reason why I'm able to still feel that much more driven and motivated because... That's the, your fear on day one is that it's just you and the guest and nobody listens to anything, but the, the positive feedback that comes from the audience, the guests that, that pour into you, the people that tell you to keep going and encourage you, it, it, it really is eye opening how 
supportive people can be if you give people a chance to be supportive and not to take it back too far. But five years ago, when I started this entire process, my biggest fear was I was going to be ran out by my teammates. Going back at 30 years old, were these guys even going to give me a chance? But they all embraced me wholeheartedly and, and let me go out there with them and put in that effort. And since then, that, that's all the confidence that, that I needed was the support of your teammates. And when you have the support of your teammates and the support of your community, you can do some very crazy things that maybe other people wouldn't believe in because they don't know what lives within you. But if you know what your vision is and you continue to get that kind of support, it, it can be positively insane to say, to say the least. And I know that's not necessarily a great description, but no, it's, it's life-changing and, 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 and it's really the perfect metaphor for the game, right? Cause the game we choose baseball, there are way easier games out there and it's a game <laughs> loaded with failure. And it's that pursuit for the best that we can be is so important. But one other lesson I, I want to make sure we cover on that. And this, this is for all aspects of life. And, I, and you and I have talked about this is, um, you have to take the time to celebrate those moments. And I think, I don't, I don't know if you can see it right above my finger. There's a couple of books and there's also a hand carved motorcycle out of wood. The book behind there is the book, uh, you can see the cat ears in there. It's a book waiting for your cat to bark. And the story behind that one is we had the, the prior with another book hit New York Times bestseller and, and Wall Street Journal bestseller. And during that time, my brother and I lost my dad. We lost my uncle, my grandmother. It was a really difficult year. And unfortunately, with all the success that we had through that book and in the business, we never stopped to celebrate. We just kept on pushing because we couldn't reflect and enjoy that moment. And it's taken years later to kind of appreciate that. And so I told you, 25, you need to celebrate it. But the bigger point is that motorcycle sits right next to it because that was handed to me by a parent of a youth athlete when I was coaching. And the impact that I had on them that they spent all season hand carving that because I spent time with their kid. And I think that's the moment when you start realizing that the passion you put into whatever you do and into other people comes back. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And celebrate and celebrate what you give to people. Yeah. And having this conversation and having that last answer. It, it really did make me understand that I knew one of the biggest things that I was missing in life was camaraderie. And that's what being on a team can bring to you. And when we venture off into life, there's not too many teams that you might be in a team environment, but if you don't actually treat each other like teammates, then you don't build those relationships. You don't do those things. And one of my favorite things about building pursuit for purpose is I've gained a lot of teammates. I've gained a lot of, of people that 
are on the same team of life of, of just wanting to see people grow to the best of what they believe their potential is. And that's only defined again, by what they believe that they're, they're capable of not measuring their success against somebody else's success, but measuring their success against what they believe that they're capable of uh, achieving. So I've, I do appreciate you letting me get that perspective and understanding today of knowing that I've, I've gained a lot of teammates and I'm beyond thankful anytime there's an, a DM or an email or somebody that takes their time to, to reach out and, and say, thank you for having that person on, or thank you for sharing that aspect because you don't understand what your impact might potentially be. And for a complete stranger to Even reach out person, yeah, exactly. One complete stranger. It might as well be a million people. It might as well be a bit because they took their time intentionally. And how easy is it for us in life to leave negative reviews versus how hard it is to get positive reviews on things? And I don't know if that's just the nature of where some of this stuff has taken us, where it's so easy to just say, I didn't like this versus there's a lot of people that like things that don't tell people that they like those things. And for when you get it, it's really rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. So I do appreciate you genuinely letting me understand that perspective today and get, getting that, that understanding that I've got a lot of teammates that I've grown. I appreciate it. If other people listening to this want to become one of your teammates, how can they find you? Uh, they, they can uh, become one of my teammates by, uh, going to uh, pursuitforpurpose.com. That's pursuit, the number four purpose. They can download the, or listen in on the episodes through either Apple Podcasts or Spotify under the same name. Follow me on uh, Twitter at, at Coach Kirk Cabana. And uh, that's pretty much the biggest platform that, that I'm working through and the biggest community that I've just really enjoyed engaging in. And I've got some really fun stuff that's brewing in the works here very soon uh, with the website where my next initiative that I really want to take on is I, I want to build a pledge and it, and it's pretty much just going to be based upon the acronym of character and breaking down different aspects of the values that character breaks down and goes in and character on the field and character off the field. And uh, my goal is going to be to get as many people as possible to sign this pledge that they're going to be an athlete of character. And uh, I think that'll be fun, a fun, another level to, to build and grow the community that they can feel like they, they got to participate in and, and see their own growth and the growth of this group together. Sounds like an amazing mission. Now this episode is going to air on Friday. So people will be able to catch your next recording live. Can, can you give us a hint of who your next guest is going to be? Our next guest th this week, uh, I'm, I'm just waiting on some dates. Again, in, right here in baseball season, it's tough to know whether or not it's Thursday, it's happening on Sunday, it's happening on yes. Sunday. This week, it, it, I'll give you who's happening now so you can hopefully go back and check it out if you didn't. But uh, Austin Byler is going to be with us again this week. Awesome. Uh, I had him on the seventh episode. And he I can't it. wait to talk with him on here, the 26th episode, because it's, 
we both just have gotten to know each other that much more. And, uh, and he's somebody that I look up to in this aspect of kind of just a personal development organization for athletes, because at, at one point I was afraid to talk to him. I was afraid to talk to him because he's doing so much of the same things of me that when you start something and you see somebody else is doing something, you almost, oh, oh, the, the market's tapped. You can't do that. But no, really what it made me know and realize is that if they're having the success that they are, there's more than enough room for others to continue pouring into to multiple people. So uh, at this stage of the game, he's been somebody that's helped me even overcome some of those fears and has been nothing but a positive light in, uh, in my corner. And uh, not to make a plug for somebody else, but if you guys aren't following Major League University, it is a great organization that is doing some wonderful things for athletes. And uh, I just am thankful to be a part of that community of people that are seeking others' growth more than their own. Yeah. And to put it all together, just another great teammate. And that's what it's like being in the clubhouse. You're competing against your teammates, but you got to be teammates and, and, and you can all help each other out. Absolutely. You're right on that. Kirk, thank you so much for your time today. Brian, it's been my pleasure and honor and, and privilege to be able to get to chat with you. And I continue to wish you, you know, all the success on everything that you're working towards and all the positivity and light and love that you're pouring into uh, the baseball community, as well as just the athlete community of helping them find the right fit for them. And make sure you go get Brian's book. It, it's a good one and doing great things. And I expect more great things here in the future from him. Thank you so much. Absolutely.